At the last recording, we started wrapping up on our conversations on professionalism. We had uh, gone through the, you know, my working definition approach on how do you define what professionalism is, and that is by looking at the Nigerian courses, law, medicine, accounting, and engineering. So that's my, uh, that's one of my uh, standards for determining what uh, professionalism is, that basically we just look at what it is um, that you mean when a Nigerian parent says study, uh, study a professional course, and then see what we can glean from those uh, courses, and then um, basically take those standards, apply them, and see how they relate to those of us in the wedding um, sphere. So we had just finished running through that exercise and um, I wanted to open you guys up to the idea that traditional sales um, practice has a couple of things to say about what it means to be professional and uh, that is what we started looking into uh, yesterday and we had examined... um, Hmm. I can't remember which two we looked at yesterday, but anyway, I'm going to look at two more today. Uh, we'll wrap it up tomorrow so that we can move on to communication because I think we've spent quite a bit on professionalism so far. I wouldn't be surprised if we've done up to uh, maybe 10 episodes on just professionalism alone. So today, the two other things that I want to look into um, that um, the two other things that I want to look into that uh, when traditional sales folks say be professional, what does that mean? The two other things I'm going to look into today are um, ideas around making your presentation and uh, when you interact with your clients. Now, there is this idea in the traditional sales that you have to determine your client's needs before you prescribe a course of action or a solution. Um, in fact, um, in America, it's... Uh, It's a popular saying where they say, um, gosh, I can't remember, something like uh, prescription before diagnosis is malpractice. Yes, so that's something that American salesmen will say a lot. Prescription before diagnosis is malpractice. So you're a wedding photographer or you're a wedding planner or you sell insurance or you uh, bake cakes. It is malpractice for you to just tell the bride, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to make a six-tiered cake made of white chocolate with, um, you know, raspberry trimmings or whatever it is you cake people do. Uh, you know, that's malpractice. You first of all have to listen to her and determine her needs before you just prescribe a course of action. You know, why are you going on about five tiers if for her... Uh, single tier you know 12 inch or 24 inch sorry i don't know anything about your sizes so there's no point in going on about three tiers four tiers and five tiers if really what they want is a single tier 24 inch uh cake made of um, dark chocolate so it doesn't matter if white chocolate is now the rave and that is what all sophisticated people are doing the best you can do is to listen to her make your own recommendations that okay you say you want tier one tier but the thing is if you have a one-tiered cake, but you have a wedding party of uh, 1,200 people, that one tier is not going to be enough. Let's make a five-tiered cake. That's my own professional recommendations. If at the end of the day she doesn't want to go with that advice, you know, the best thing you can do is either to make the cake that she wants or maybe refer her to someone else who will. 
because there are some of us who do have some professional standards that there are some things we will not do. While I was based in Lagos, there's a friend of mine, Alexia. She's been doing makeup since back when we were in law school. So um, she's been at this game clearly for uh, well over 10 years, maybe more like 15 years. But she decided quite early what she wanted to do. So even while we were in law school, she was already on the makeup hustle. A couple of us finished law school and um, I worked in the civil service and then uh, in a law firm for a bit before deciding on becoming a wedding photographer so um yeah she's one of those folks who decided quite early and so she just moved so i think her line is makeup by alexia horsefall or something like that and she has her um, signature line of brushes and powders and you know all that fancy stuff that you do now back while we were in lagos um there was a time when there was this brief trend i think because the trend didn't it didn't really take off where some brides were trying out this um uh gothic look or a close to gothic look as uh, possible where the lipstick would not be um red or brown or transparent or what the usual colors are but instead they were going for this uh darker kind of feel almost black now some commentators at the time were saying that you know we shouldn't try to copy this goth look coming from america it doesn't work and some people are pointing out that, no, this is not really a goth thing. It's almost kind of like a traditional thing because there are some societies in Nigeria, um, like uh, let's say like among the Fulani, for instance, where the uh, nuptial makeup, the makeup on your wedding day would be closer towards some kind of darker color, whether it was a brown or a tan um, or a black. Anyway, the bottom line is, regardless of uh, what was going on at the time, Alexia was one of those who was of the opinion that if a bride came to her and said, give me black lipstick, she would say, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, and it's something that I had a laugh with her over. So I was like, if a bride says, give me black lipstick, is this something you can do? And she was like, yeah, it can be done. But will you do it? And she said, no, even if she pays you X amount. And Alexia said, no. And my question was, why? And she said, because I don't want my work to be associated with that. So... Um, have the session diagnose, find out what the what you guys are aiming at and um, so don't just make any prescriptions don't just say uh, that lavender pink lipstick is all the rage now so let's go with that you know you ask the bride what are you aiming for what's the theme um, what's the overall color palette for the day your final dress at night um what's it going to be uh what's your ideal vision for uh the wedding you know whatever clients that you whatever questions that you makeup artists normally ask when you're having your um sessions so you ask all these questions first and then after that you make your prescription or you make your presentation that let's do this let us do orange matted lipstick with lip gloss and uh, waterproof foundation or whatever it is that you guys uh, talk about when you're having your sessions so um, determine your clients needs basically you sit down find out what they need and it's only after that that you prescribe a course of action so if you meet traditional uh, old sales school folks they would find it appalling and they'll call it malpractice if before the client got there you had already decided on the course of action 
So as a wedding planner, it's the same. You can't decide that uh, right now um, West African chiffon or uh, Egyptian cotton is all the rage. And so, therefore, the uh, all the table linen is going to be uh, Egyptian cotton or that you're going to use Christmas lights or that you won't use Christmas lights or that golden chandeliers are now the rage. And so that is what you're going to insist on. You know, so when the bride and her mom come up for the meeting as a wedding decor person or as a planner, sorry that I'm using both terms in, interchangeably. I know that there are some wedding planners who absolutely hate being referred to as uh, decor people. Uh, but unfortunately in Abuja, there are a number of you who make, um, who, uh, who do both wedding planners who also handle their own decor. So that's why I'm using interchangeably. But I do know that there's a difference. And so, um, sorry if there's anyone there that I'm offending at the podcast. I don't, uh, that's not what I mean to do. It's just that some of your colleagues do practice, uh, both of them. They both they offer both services under, um, the same shop. Okay. So back to my scenario. So the bride comes and her mom comes. You sit them down. You say, good afternoon, ma. Uh, hello, Mrs. Bride. So, uh, what's the plan let me know what's happening okay what date what venue what do you guys have in mind uh what's the ashwabi what's the gilly you know what's the whatever those are the questions that you're going to ask that will now determine um color palettes uh seating arrangements and um and uh what have you well i'm sure that you guys know much better than um i do but the bottom line is to be a professional salesperson you have to ask the questions find out what it is that they need after that, you now prescribe a course of action. If you do that before they get there, you are being unprofessional. And in some cases, it ruins your chance to uh, close the sale. Because if they come there and you just lay it all out, that this is what is raining now, let's do this. But they think of themselves as much more sophisticated couples who want to chart their own path and they have a highly unique and um, stylized um, sense of, you know, highly unique and individual aesthetic, then they'll be turned off. They'll be like, mm, this babe just wants us to do everything that uh, that uh, couple so-so-so-and-so uh, did in Ovation and that is raining on Bella and Niger. She's not our person. And then they just walk out the door. So determine needs first so that you can be a true um, professional. Then uh, the second thing, uh, during this um, client consultation, whatever it is that you want to call it, I know some wedding planners who call it um, a client consultation. Uh, There's some people who call it uh, the couple interview, um, whatever it is that you call it. You need to make it a habit to listen attentively um, when you're asking these questions because you, you ask the questions and you don't just jump on the first answer that you get and run around making recommendations. You have to try to get a sense for what the problem is so they want the wedding to be um, sophisticated you know what does um, sophistication mean for them you know what are they um, aiming at or let's say they already have this clear idea but they're having problems um, adapting it to local circumstances Um, maybe uh, okay let's say like uh, the beach wedding thing for instance that seems to be um, catching on. So I know the beach wedding, uh, the garden wedding. Saw quite a few the year, the year before uh, Corona became a thing. I saw quite a few. So when I, 
I don't know if that's catching on or not, but bottom line is, let's say that these are the concepts that they want to try. Um, let's say a barn wedding. Okay, I've seen a barn party, and so the barn had to be uh, constructed. That was here in Abuja. So find out what they're aiming for. Find out what the problems are with uh, trying to apply those concepts, and that's if you're a planner or a decorator. So by listening attentively, you're going to be able to get to the root of uh, what the problem is, and then you know how to make uh, how to uh, prescribe what your solution is going to be. So we also should be conscious about body language because not all brides and grooms or their parents are verbally um, expressive. Like for for me, for instance, um, I'll sit there and I'll listen, but I'm going to hold a lot to my chest. If I feel like you're a joker, I'm not going to come out and say you're a joker. I'll just listen and say thank you very much for your time and I'll leave. That's as uh, back when we were planning the wedding and I was the one who was on the on the buying end as a groom. But um, oh, sorry, forgive me for the sniffling. I know that's unprofessional. Really funny that where I'm sniffling on a podcast where we're talking about professionalism. But anyway, I'm taking my meds and so hopefully my cold will be gone soon. I just wanted to make sure that we put out the episode um, today as scheduled. So, uh, where was I? Okay, so not everyone is going to be uh, verbal about what's going on. So I keep things close to my chest and I'll move. And that's the interesting thing because my mother-in-law is also the same way. My mother-in-law will just listen and say thank you very much and move. But patience, that's my wife, she's vocal. And my father-in-law is also vocal. So my father-in-law will say, uh, like, young man, you know, you're being unserious. Calm down. Listen to me first. This is what I'm saying, blah, 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 blah. So my father-in-law is the kind of person that would say that kind of thing. And uh, if my wife is um, upset at the consultation, you know, she will let you have it. But not everybody that you're dealing with is like that. So you have to be conscious about uh, reading body language and um, things that are nature. Uh, like one um, negotiation we're having with the bride and the mother of the bride. Uh, I didn't like the way things were going. So I was just pretty much waiting for my video guy, Shagun, to show up. And I was just going to um, walk out because I didn't like what was going on. And Shagun was kind of okay with the numbers. So I just needed him to be okay. I mean, to come there, be in the meeting. And then I would just leave and uh, forget the whole photography thing. So the mother of the bride is much more uh, astute, if I can put it that way. And my mom says anyway that I wear my heart on my sleeve. So she noticed and uh, so the mother of the bride was like, ah, Oga photographer. It's as if you're not happy. And, you know, the moment she said that, for some reason, I don't know, it just took my funny bone, I laughed. We all started laughing. It let the, some of the tension out of the room and were able to resume on the pricing thing. And then, of course, Shegun arrived and um, he's really good at dealing with uh, older couples. And, you know, he does that Yoruba thing very well. So, you know, he came in that whole, you know, that whole thing. And uh, we're able to get the pricing conversation back on track and... Yeah, we ended up working uh, together. So just bear in mind that you might be dealing with a bride that is like me or a groom that is like me. And so you have to, it's uh, body language, facial expressions, uh, stuff like that. Those are the things that are going to give you cues about whether what you're dis uh, discussing is hitting the spot or is um, 
or you're just yearning or what. So we also have to be conscious about the environment and uh, try to limit uh, distractions. So that depends. So if they're meeting you in your office, that might mean uh, turning down the DSTV or maybe making sure that the air conditioning is not too cold because some people don't like AC or that the room is not too hot. Um, yeah, we have to pay attention for these uh, stuff. Um, but bottom line, we already do a couple of these things quite well. One thing that mo- the average person doesn't do well is asking questions uh, for feedback and for clarification. So after you've gotten a sense of everything, what they want and blah, 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 when you make the recommendation for Egyptian cotton, you don't just leave it like that and then move on to the next item on the agenda. You know, you ask. Say, okay, so what I'm recommending is Egyptian cotton. It looks like this. It looks like this. It's going to be this color. So, uh, mommy, kilophil, mommy, what do you think? Uh, Madam Bride, is that okay? You know, and uh, it helps to move the conversation on forward because if the bride and her mom are like, ah, uh, correct that's very good you now know that okay we're good to go on that no need to discuss this any further let's move on to the next thing but if the mom says mm, anyway whatever kemi feels that's what we'll go with and then kemi is like uh, it's okay but i don't know with those responses from the bride from the mom you know that you have more questions um, to press in about what is wrong with uh, egyptian cotton or Maybe you didn't understand the vision, so you ask questions again to try and get the vision that they're aiming for um, with that decor and uh, stuff like that. So uh, we've gone past the 15-minute mark, so I'll just wrap it up here. Uh, so those are two more um, uh, things that we can look at when we're talking to old-school sales um, professionals, especially um, our brothers in uh, North America and Western Europe. So when they say, you should be a professional in the sales process. That is what they mean. That before you make any presentation, before you say, let us use this marquee or let us use Egyptian cotton or let us use matted brown lipstick, you have to ask them questions first. Determine their needs. When you thoroughly understand their needs, then you prescribe a course of action. So that is one thing that you do to be professional. The second thing that you do to be professional is to listen attentively. You're asking questions to find out what the problems are. You're looking for opportunities where you can bring your um, expertise, bring your skills to provide value to the situation. Then you also have to be conscious about uh, body language because not everybody is going to um, speak up. You're going to have some people like me sitting on the other end of the table who will just listen and say, okay, thank you very much. Um, I'll be in touch and then we'll leave and uh, we'll never call. Try and limit distractions in the environment. And then, most importantly, ask questions to get some feedback and clarification. Because there's no point with you at that meeting just making your presentation and everybody stands up and then they say, okay, uh, I'll call you later. And then you never hear from them again. Or you're trying to call them back and you're not sure what, why or how it is that you are following up. You need to seek clarification and feedback on the spot so that you know the matters that have been settled and you guys are moving forward and the matters that are um, still uh, outstanding. So, yeah, so that's it pretty much for today. Tomorrow I will move on to uh, two more and that will be on um, how traditional um, sales folk 
how the um, advice that we clarify expectations and then we'll talk some some more about um, follow-up and uh, then we'll wrap it up with professionalism and then after that we'll move on to uh, communications so thank you very much for listening to uh, the podcast the sales for the nigerian wedding industry podcast i'm your host abuja-based event and wedding photographer tavishima ayede Thank you very much for your time and attention. I will catch you guys on the next recording.